If parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Bump and Beyond with me, your host, Yulani Becker. And as always, my show is about parenting. And I join you today, and I don't know how I feel about this weather today, if I'm happy or sad, but I mean, it's strange, isn't it? This year has been strange and um, a lot of work, I feel. And that's why I appreciate so much this show and you out there. Carol, a shout out to you. I hope you're listening. Um, but today's show specifically is all about something important to prepare us for the future, for the unforeseen, even more so. I know parenting is also unforeseen. So this is, of course, going to add to it. My son, for instance, in his wonderful 11 years of existence, um, has had a couple of injuries and it's funny because i would never not when he was younger i wouldn't have called him the typical boy you know like you speak to some moms and then they're like yeah he's like a typical boy he's rough and he's has no fear i would never have described my son like that i think now that he's older it's a lot more in that direction but these injuries happened over the 11 years um i remember when we moved first into our house he fell on the steps here by us. It's not a lot of steps, it's like three or four steps, and he fell on them, and he had like a golf ball-sized like bruise bump on his forehead. Um, another time, for instance, he um him and his sister were doing flips in the swimming pool, and then he thought it would be a good idea to, to practice it from the steps and you know, he hit his head on the step and it was also like a huge bump and it was cut open. Another time he was playing basketball and he thought he was Lamar James or whoever a good basketball player is. And it, the basketball went full on into his nose. And I have never seen that amount of blood coming out of a person in my life um, it was an odd amount of blood that came out. And each time when these things happened, and just as calmly as I have explained it to you now, that's how calmly I appeared to the rest of the world while these things were happening. Inside, though, very different story, like freaking out next level. But outside, I was calm. It's like, don't worry, you know, you hit your nose, there's lots of blood vessels in your nose, it's normal that it looks like it's a lot coming out, very calmly explaining to him that it's nothing to worry about, while, like I said, freaking out. How? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how I remain so calm in those panic situations. Yet, I mean, like I said, I don't know, but in some ways I do think that the training that I have received have has prepared me for it. And what I'm talking about, and that's what we're talking about today, is first aid and CPR. I've gone for, even before my children were, were born, I went for CPR training and um, first aid training. And I really feel 
that that has prepared me. But more on this just now. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, so if you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM with me, Yulandi Becker, and we are talking bump and beyond parenting, and today specifically, first aid and CPR. As I mentioned to you, I've had more, and surprisingly, more so with my son than with my daughter, and she's the more wild one. And she has had less accidents, but I feel, feel really, I feel like I was so much more prepared for that situation because I've gone through CPR and first aid training um, before my kids were born and on multiple occasions after that as well. Because for some other reason, especially the CPR, I, I'm not, I don't know about, we'll speak to my guests just now, but I've never had to do CPR, thank goodness, on someone. Um, but to be honest, and then you kind of forget all that do, do, do. Another one, more on that just now. I don't want to sing now on radio, but I want you to join, of course, like always in the discussion. We are talking CPR first aid. Did you attend any CPR first aid training with your own children? Um, or just because maybe you're a nurse? I don't know. There's lots of people who have to go for this type of training. Have you had experience? Have you been, share with us, like, have you had to perform CPR? Like a really cool story. That would be really great. As always, you can phone into the show on 010-140-3020. You can send us a telegram on 061 895-1019, or you can SMS us as, at 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. But as always, I'm not the expert, even though I have done the CPR training and I have done first aid. I'm for sure not the expert in this field. And before I introduce my guest, there is some facts that I want you to know about as well, is that Drowning is one of the leading causes of accidental deaths for children ages 1 to 4. A staggering 59% of deaths from injuries could have been prevented had first aid been given before the emergency services arrived. It takes approximately 15 minutes for an ambulance to arrive. I was actually surprised about the 15 minutes. I, I have to say, I feel like it could be longer, but apparently it takes 15 minutes for an ambulance to arrive. And brain death starts to occur within four to six minutes after someone experienced cardiac arrest. If no CPR or defibrillation, oh, that's a tongue twister for you, occurs during that time. 88% of cardiac arrest happens at home. I think we're mostly at home, so obviously the chances are higher that it's going to happen here. Um, and only 6.4% of cardiac arrest victims survive because of people witnessing the incidents do not know CPR. So over 200,000 people die of sudden cardiac arrest every year. 50,000 of those 200,000 could have been prevented if we knew CPR. So on that note, 
Welcome, Angelique Dormal, American Heart Association CPR and first aid instructor. And as always, mother of two, never interview someone who's not a parent because this is a parenting show. Hello, Angelique. Hello, Yolandi. How are you today? I am very excited, as you can hear, as always, to talk to you. Um, Thank you for the invite. And about this topic, because... I mean, it is an important thing, as I mentioned. We could actually be saving lives here if we knew more about first aid. And again, be a little bit more calm during those panic situations. So let's start off with the basics. If people don't know, I would be surprised if people don't know what it is. But what is first aid and what is CPR? Okay, so I'll break it down. So I'll first talk a little bit about first aid, and then I'm going to tell you what CPR is. So first aid is basically the immediate care that we give to a person or a child who has suffered a sudden illness or injury. So it's basically that first and primary care that we as as lay people, that's non-medical people, um, when we assist a person that's hurt himself until medical help, arise or until the paramedics arrive on the scene. Then um, uh, first aid is basically there to, we want to prevent, number one, the the, the person or the illness um, from deteriorating or the incident from deteriorating. We also want to make the scene safe and make sure it's okay for the um, paramedics to arrive. Um, being a first aider, you also want to preserve life. So that's the important thing. As a first aider, our first and foremost um, priority is to save a life and pre- preserve life. Then let's look quickly at CPR. So that's a very, very big word, and it took me a, a while to to get to say that word. Luckily, um, I only have to say CPR. <laughs> yes, you only have to say CPR, but it is a huge word, and it took me a while before I, I managed to say it. But it's cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Okay. Ooh, so, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down like I break it down for my students, and then you'll understand and you'll remember. So, like I said, CPR stands for cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Now let's look at the word cardio. Your cardio refers to your cardiovascular system. That includes your heart, your blood, as well as the blood vessels in your body. Okay, so it's your heart we're talking about. Then pulmonary stands for um, for your lungs. So it's your your respiratory system. So it's everything related to your pulmonary system. It's your lungs, your nose, um, yeah, everything you use to breathe, basically. And then the last word is resuscitation. So resuscitation basically means to revive a person or, according to the Oxford Dictionary, to make something alive again. So if you look at those words, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, we're going to revive the heart and the lungs or make it alive again. So that's basically what CPR stands for. Ah, I've learned a little bit. I knew kind of what it, but I didn't know the technical terms for it and was not going to try to pronounce it. I already got stuck on defibrillator. Anyway, not going to try that one either again. And it's very interesting for me as well that you were noting um, also like the first aid, keeping the area safe and all that stuff. Because... I really feel that that's also something that we forget to do, but more on that just now. So don't go anywhere. Listen to the ads because they're important, but also then come back and listen to us. 
This is Bump and Beyond with Yulandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. You are on 101.9 High FM with me, Yulandi Becker, and this is Bump and Beyond, and we're talking parenting. Very specifically, preparing ourselves for when the unforeseen, the horrible unforeseen happens. Because we obviously are preparing here for things that we really hope are not going to be happening. And we're talking to my guest expert today, Angelique Dormal, who's an American Heart Association CPR and first aid instructor and mom of two. I feel like I'm really in a tongue-twisting situation here today, but you'll forgive me, I'm sure. Angelique, so before we went... um to the ad break, we were talking specifically about what is first aid and what is CPR. And you specifically mentioned also that for first aid, something that, um, that you learn as well when you do the course as well about making sure the area is safe. Because I do feel this is something that lots of people forget about is the fact that, you know, you can't, if you can't swim, you shouldn't be saving someone from drowning and things like that. And um, I actually read, um, while I was preparing for this, I actually read about it. And I want to say it's only one in 12 people in South Africa can actually swim. So there's not a lot of people who can swim, actually. So don't try to save someone from a river or anything if you can't swim yourself. But let's get back into it. So as well, this is another thing I learned when doing CPR and first aid is that You see it so much CPR on the TV, to be honest, like how to do it. And, you know, you put people, you blow air into their mouth and it's not as easy, first of all, how to do it. And you don't just do it all the time. So when exactly should we be doing CPR? Okay, so we have to do CPR on a person that's unresponsive. So an unresponsive person is somebody that's not breathing and there's no heartbeat. So that person went into cardiac arrest. His heart stopped, so we have to do CPR and, you know, get his heart pumping again. So if someone is still breathing, everyone out there, or responding, making a movement, moaning while they're lying, that's not the type of person you want to be doing CPR on. And, and that's not something I, it's again, I feel like I sometimes make myself seem like a very big idiot on the show. If you've just joined us, of course, you are on 101.9 High FM. I am your host, Yulandi Becker, and I speak to the experts. I am not the experts. Why, uh, Angelique, would we, why do you feel it is important that we do or no first aid and get CPR training, especially with kids in in and around the house? Well, you, you empower yourself. You basically empower yourself. And yeah. you also become more aware of safety and hazards around your home. So it does. it's an empowering feeling knowing that if something happens, I can attend to it. And like I said, you do become more aware of hazards and issues around the house. Like, for instance, if I can't swim, like you mentioned just now, what am I going to do if I can't swim? How am I going to get my child out of the pool? Poisons, storing poisons away in a, a top shelf, for instance. So it, it makes you feel empowered and you, you, well, it encourages people to make their surroundings and their homes safer. 
And it's really, like I mentioned also for me, it helps you to, and I mean, it's not necessarily going to, you know, always calm you down, but I do feel it adds when you've got knowledge that it adds a little bit to that, uh, just calmness when those crisis situations, because you do feel a little bit more, like you said, empowered to know what to do. So, you know, that's the worst thing. If these situations, if you don't know what to do, then is when the panic sets in. And it's like you said, like small things as well, a big thing, like actually having the like numbers, the emergency numbers readily available is for, I feel something that lots of people don't have. You just assume I'm going to phone one oh triple one and that's all. If, even if people know that, that's the other thing, you know, remembering just that is already a thing, but that makes a huge difference. But now, okay, we know what CPR is. We know why it's important to know CPR and first aid. But I was singing that do, 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 another one bites the dust because that's the rhythm kind of that you have to push down. And I was surprised at how like much pressure you actually have to put on the chest Aren't you going to hurt someone, especially a baby? Can you hurt them while you're doing CPR? So you have to remember that as an adult, we, we, we are not going to apply that much pressure when we do CPR on a baby. When we do CPR on an adult, we use two of our hands. And when we do CPR on a child, we usually use one hand. Obviously, we use our discretion depending on the age of the child. And then when it comes to a baby, we only use two fingers. So we're not going to be able to really press that hard because we are only using two fingers on the baby. And luckily, also, we have to remember that the bones of babies and children are still flexible because they are growing. It's not like our bones. Oh, yeah. So, it, yeah. That that's I mean, yeah. I'm I'm always learning when I do these interviews. If you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yulandi Becker. And of course, like always, we are talking parenting, but today specifically first aid um and CPR. I want to hear a little bit your stories. Do you have an exciting story where first aid made a difference or um, CPR made a difference? Even if you don't have an exciting story, do you, have you done it? Have you thought about doing it? Please do join in, in the conversation by sending us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can phone us on 010-140-3020 or, or of course you can SMS us on Three four five one nine. I would love uh, to have you share in your stories. Um, so, Angelique, um, before we get into the questions, don't you have an interesting story? Have you ever? Because, like I mentioned earlier, I've never. I've known CPR not as well as you, for sure not. But I've known CPR for quite some time. Um, and I've never been in a situation, luckily, I mean, I do have to say that I also don't want to wish this upon myself, <laughs> that I've actually had to do it. Have you had an encounter where you've actually had to use CPR? Luckily not. I have trained people that had to do CPR on, on adults, but luckily I've not been in the position to actually do CPR. Okay, so no exciting story from you, unfortunately, no, about no. a guy next to the road and a big accident and you were the first responder. 
Um, my aunt always tells the story that she was uh, once the first responder or the first person on an accident scene. And then she woke up in the hospital about an hour later because she passed out from all the blood. Funny story from me. <laughs> she's not good with blood. Um, so now um, we are, let's have a situation here. If I'm alone now with my child at home, there's no one else because we talked about the emergency numbers that you need to have up in your house. If something happens, I, this is a question I have for you is, do I first have to call for help or do I first have to, and the same, if you get to an accident, I guess you could say the same thing. If you're the first person there and there's no one else, do you first call for help or do you first help the people? So it, it depends what type of situation it is. If it's a CPR situation and you're, let's say, alone um, at home with your child, I would do CPR. I would do one set of uh, compressions and breaths on my baby or my child, and then I'll take my child and I will go and phone for help if I didn't have my phone on me. If I have my phone on me, I will do, you know, I'll assess my scene, make sure it's safe for me, obviously, to attend, get the child out of the pool. And then at the same time, when I start my process of CPR, I will phone for help. Like you mentioned earlier, it does take a while for the ambulances to arrive, and it's important that they arrive. Then when it's a yeah. first aid situation, obviously, you have to assess, do, do I really need um, an ambulance to arrive, or can I attend to this situation myself? So if it's a first aid situation... First, just assess and see if this child or if this person needs an ambulance or if it's something that you can maybe attend to yourself. Okay, and that brings me to my next question then now. What is your, like, top essential first aid things that every parent should know? I mean, there's, like, you know, different things that could happen, but what do you feel is something that every person should know? Well, I, I think CPR can save a life. So I think each parent, all parents out there should empower themselves and get to know first, well, CPR and choking, what to do in a choking situation. The reality of it is a child or a baby can smoke on any, oh, not smoke, can choke <laughs> on anything that fits through a toilet roll holder. Um, and there's so many things at the house. So CPR and choking is definitely something they should learn. No, and I mean, for me, um, especially when a baby starts like like solids, I wouldn't maybe say starts, but when you start giving them bigger pieces of food. I mean, for me, it always sounded like they're gagging. And again, the other day, I was literally in a hospital. I mean, it wasn't a nurse that told me this, but it was another parent. And I corrected them where they literally told me, it's like, if your child's choking, you should take them by the feet and hold them upside down <laughs> to get it out. And I'm like, no, that's... Please, everyone out there, that is not what you're supposed to be doing if your baby is choking. But I was surprised that so many people think that that's what you're supposed to shake your baby upside down when they're choking, not what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> no, definitely not. All right. So also um, a big thing, and I, I also recently um, now did this as well. Every now and then I go through my medicine cabinet at my first aid kit to just make sure that everything is still there and that, or, you know, all the medicine, especially if they're expired to throw them out. But this is also a question I often ask my friends as well. It's like, what do you feel is like 
the things that you have to have in a first aid kit. I mean, these days it's very easy. As I mentioned earlier, this game delivers to you. So they've got really great <laughs> uh, first aid kits that you can kind of buy ready-made. But what do you feel should be in every first aid kit? So first aid, remember first aid, aid is not about what I have. You can always use a cloth or something in, well, around your home to apply pressure to a wound or something. But the basics I would say a parent should have at home is make sure you have enough gauze in your first aid kit and burn shield. That is a very important oh, thing. That's a good one. Yes. Burn shield. Yeah, burn yes. shield. I feel you can never, ever have enough burn shield. So have plenty burn shield, have your thermometer there, and maybe, like I said, have a glove. Well, have gloves in there because obviously if it's somebody else, you want to protect yourself and use the gloves. But medicine, paracetamol, I would say, gauze, your gloves, some bandages, and then the burn shield. Very important. Mm. Lots of plasters and probiotics is also always in my medicine cabinet. Um, that's for plasters and, um, uh, um, what do you call it? Probiotics is my placebo effect for my children. Um, because sometimes they, they're not, they're not feeling well, but they're not sick. And then if you just pluck a place there, we say in, uh, in uh, Afrikaans, um, then they feel better. You know, even if it's not bleeding, you put a plaster on it and then they just magically feel better. And that's the, the probiotics is the medicine of a plaster. It's the same effect. So secret parenting tips that I'm sharing here. If you, of course, want to share in our conversation about CPR, please do so by sending us a telegram on 061-895-1019. We would love to talk to you. So, We've now talked about what needs to be in the first aid kit. What is the top essential things that you feel people, but again, we've now already mentioned a couple or maybe you'll mention them again, but what are the things parents should know that they often don't know? Like out of your experience of training people, what are you often surprised that people don't know? <laughs> they don't know the numbers, I would say. Yes. They don't know the numbers to phone like you mentioned. Um, they don't know that uh, the mask that we use for CPR or the valve that we use for CPR is there for the re- rescuer's protection. Um, we assume it's actually we assume that it's for the victim's pr- protection, but it's more for the rescuer's protection. Um, yeah, it's also it's also got a right way and a wrong way around yes. that <laughs> yes. that mask. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So those are the things I would say. No, yeah. and I mean, for me, you've also mentioned the burn shield. Um, for me, that's like, I actually have burn shield in my handbag. How easily kids burn is shocking. And I've had a friend whose daughter like spilled tea and like it was already made tea with milk in it. So it wasn't like burning, scorching hot water that fell on this baby's hand or toddler's hand. It was already made tea fell on this toddler's hand and she had to go to hospital and they had to treat it. It was really severe. And that's one of those things also that, uh, I mean, both my kids, even me, I get burned an odd amount of times. But that's really something I feel that people um, underestimate. And also, old wives' tales, when it comes to burning, what are those funny things that I always remember? People always told me you should put butter on it. 
And that's also nonsense, isn't it? Yes. My mom did the same. She used to tell us, go to the butter and just put some butter or margarine on it. And at the yeah. end of the month, there was like little holes in the butter. So definitely no, no funny stuff, no butter, no toothpastes, no, no oil, anything like that. Yeah. See, also things that people hear and they think it's, a, so what should you do when it is a burning way, when you've burned yourself? What is the first response? <laughs> so, well, make sure you've got your burn shield, but I would just run it under runny tap water or just fill a jug with some clean tap water and soak it in there for about 10 minutes. That will help the cooling down process, and then afterwards you can apply some burn shield. Also keep in mind that a burn wound, no fluff-like items on the burn wound, because that burn wound, you know, they usually get infections very quickly, and we don't want anything fluff-like in that wound. So 10 minutes of water, clean tap water, and then we can put burn shield on. And also, if it's bigger than the size of your child's palm, we have to take that child to the hospital or to the doctor to be checked out. See there, we're already learning lots of things here while on radio. So you guys need to um, get to those CPR courses out there. Um, then the next question, uh, exactly that. Let's. What would a first aid and CPR uh, CPR course entail if they do? If you would go for it. Okay, so a lot of parents come to me and then we do the, the basic CPR and choking course. I already feel that is empowering enough because you, you would not know what to do in a, a serious situation. Then we have the first aid and CPR course. So obviously we include CPR and choking for children's, for children, adults and babies. And then we include like how to treat a burn wound, what to do if a child has broken a bone, bandages, um, cuts, um, sprains, um, yeah, I think I've mentioned the burn wound, safety yeah. pre- prevention, how to make sure your house or the area where you stay or the school prevention is, safe. is better than prevention. Fear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yes. Sorry. I yeah, so it's all, no, 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 no. So it's all the basics: breaks, burns, bees, uh, bee stings, bites, um, blood. How to put gloves on? How to take gloves off? Um, a lot of the time, people don't know how to remove gloves with, without contaminating their hands. Um, yeah, those are the basics that we do. Ah, I do. Pay, we'll, yeah, we do pay we'll a lot of attention. On the, we'll add a little bit more onto this just now. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. One hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. So if you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yolandi Becker. And today we are speaking first aid and CPR. Specifically, this is, I feel, really something that every person, especially parent, needs to have. Um, unforeseen things happen so quickly and so often. It's uh, more often than what we would want. Um, with children and it can really make a huge difference how the recovery is afterwards, how you react in that situation. If you are informed about certain things and you are, you like Angelique, my guests mentioned, you're empowered through the knowledge that you have. And I've already learned quite a lot. Um, in, I, I do have to say I learned a lot, but some of it I knew already and you just refreshed my memory. 
But for me, one of those things, like I said, is the burn thing is a, a quite a normal thing. But even, yeah, we mentioned also, remember to have the numbers up in your, uh, somewhere in your house. Save it on your phone, these emergency numbers. Have your own like emergency numbers saved on your phone. These days you can have an ICE number in case of emergency number on your phone that people can access so that they know who to phone if you're unconscious. But in the end of the day, have numbers available so that you can, you don't have to look for these things. You think, oh no man, I'll just Google it when I'm there. When you're in a rushed situation, 30 seconds can make a difference. So have those things readily available and empower yourself with the knowledge um, Angelique, so before we run out of time, I should probably get to my questions. Yeah. Or my final question. So you've mentioned what all the first aid and the CPR, all the wonderful empowering information that it entails. Let's get to how often should a person be doing it? Because I know I've done it before the kids were there. And then again, twice, I think after that, not as much as what you do it. I think you do it once a year or something. <laughs> how often do you think parents should go for CPR training or first aid training? So the certificates, if you do one of the American Heart Association or the resource courses, it usually expires every two years. So you have to renew your certificate every two years. But if you have small children or a child at home under the age of 10, I would say make sure you do it every two years. Even myself, I have to do an update my certificate, my instructor certificate on a regular basis. Yeah, and I mean, I do think... Even now, I can remember the song, but I think it's you have to push down 30 times and then yes. give a breath and push down 30 times. Am I remembering correctly? It's, it's 32, 32, 32. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So it is, uh, and that's the thing is like, it's, it's that type of things that you forget and that you just need a refresher on again. Um, that's also another question that I have about the CPR while we're on that is that now you say 32, 32, 32, five times. Is it important to, to, to do the breathing or can you just do the pushing down part? If you don't know how to do it, should you rather leave it or should you at least attempt it if you're in a situation? Or what is it? Is it better to at least try something or is it you have to do it in the right way or else you can't do it? So you can do, well, the first, let's start there. The first rule of first aid is, is basically your scene safety and whose safety is more important yours. So if you're in a situation where you do not have a mouthpiece or you don't, well, you don't have a mouthpiece and it's a stranger on the street, I would suggest that if you don't want to do CPR without the mouthpiece, that you do hands-only CPR. So you will only do the compressions. You're not going to give the breath. But obviously, if it's your child at home, you're not going to be worried about a mask or a valve to do the breaths. Yeah. However, if we do hands-only CPR, it's, it's well, only effective for about 10 minutes, or around right. about 10 minutes, yeah. So if you do the breaths with the compressions, obviously your chances of survival improves greatly oh. um so if you is it advisable that if you do the training that it's everyone in your household should go for it or, or all the adults let me say that is it advisable that everyone goes for it or is it okay if just one person is qualified well in my household we are well we used to be three adults 
and two of the adults has done CPR and choking. Then uh, my little daughter, I mean, she watches me. And sometimes if I'm playing, well, if I'm busy outside setting up or busy with stuff, she'll take one of the dolls and just pretend that she's doing doing it. So even a small child, and I mean, she's she's eight years old, they watch you and they mimic you. But yeah, we are two adults in the house, and obviously Isabel will know what to do in a situation. I haven't taught her, but she sees what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's like very interesting. So Angelique, before you go, please do uh, share with us where people can get a hold of you and reach you to if they want to do courses. Where do you have a course coming up that people can come to? <laughs> Okay, so I, I do go out to, to homes and I do go out to mom groups and facilities wherever you need me. I do go out for groups. Otherwise, I do have a training center in Boxburg where I train from, from my training center in, well, at my house. And like I mentioned, I go out to, to your house or to mommy groups or to clinics wherever you need me. Um, schools as well. This weekend I was at a school doing first aid and CPR, but yeah, I've got courses. You know, if you tell me, listen, I've got a group of six people. I book a session and I come out. So, yeah. And where can they, can they email you or where can they? Yes, they can email me or they can WhatsApp or even phone me. Can I you can give share you my details? Yes, please okay. do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my, my number is 082-949-2109. And my email address is benoni at edubabe.co.za. I am obviously a lot on the road and busy with consults and out and about. So my phone is with me all the time. So I'm much more responsive on my phone than an email. Okay. No, thank you so much for sharing that. We do have here, Jornika Pretoria sent us a message and she is um, on Telegram. She said that in her fa first aid kit, she also has stall dribbles, linens, uh, and she's used it more than once for stopping bleeding. So also a tip from parents, yeah, please do share with us those tips because I have a, a certain things that I always have in my medicine cabinet. Let me not just call it my first aid because the first aid obviously always has plasters and bandages. And to be honest, sometimes I'm a little bit surprised how often um, I use those things. But I'll share what's in my medicine cabinet just now after this ad break. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. And just like that, another show is coming to an end. If you've missed the show or any of our other shows, please go on chaifm.com as the podcast will be available not just for this show, but for all the other shows that we have on HiFM, you can go listen to the podcast there and familiarize yourself with all the different topics, especially this parenting show. You know, you don't, you might not think that certain things is relevant to you now. And then later you can go back and you can say, Oh, you know, I can remember we kind of spoke about that or we could kind of speak about that. And then you can go back on the list of podcasts and go listen to it and empower yourself. You might have missed something. You might have missed the beginning of the show. Don't worry. It's available on highfm.com for you to go listen to, to refresh your memory on all the top tips from all the experts that I speak to. Um, before we went to that break, I was mentioning that um, there's certain things that I have in my um, like medicine cabinet. And when my kids were smaller, 
I already mentioned to you two things. I always have plasters and I always have probiotics. Those are my placebo things. So before I administer any kind of medicine, I always first give that to see if it won't help. And I can promise you 80% of the time that makes a huge difference. Just the power of thought <laughs> and positive thinking has a huge impact on children and how they're feeling because I just want you to make an action when you're doing something like that. Um, another thing is I always have like something like busco pants and something for um, stomach aches. I always have and something for diarrhea, also rehydrates. Um, so those are kind of my top things that I always have available. And for myself and my husband, always Gavascon <laughs> for those emergency, um, like heartburn situations. So those are kind of my, and obviously paid medication. You have to have something like Nurofen or something like that. Again, a very full disclaimer. I am a parent, not a doctor. So I cannot advise any of these things on a medical basis. This is on a personal note that I'm sharing with you. Angelique, um, what's in your, what's your top? Is, is there anything you want to add to your medicine cabinet that you always, Detol, Detol is also something Detol. I always have. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, the rehydrate is very important, yes. especially now. If you don't yes. have rehydrate, um, to know how to make your rehydrated or your salt and sugar solution and burn shield. I'm prone to burning oh, myself. God. So I've I also burn have burn shields. Yeah. Yeah. And, and masks, masks yeah. and gloves. So if you have to do CPR on a stranger, cause if, if you've, if you know how to do CPR, you can save a life. Ah, that's a nice note to end on. Um, so if you guys, uh, want to make contact, the details will be on, um, our podcast as well. Um, and on our social media, we'll share the details for uh, Angelique Dormal. Thank you so much for joining me. It was really, really uh, nice and such an important topic. I think also for, um, for parents to know that they need to go do this and a little side notes as well of empowering them. So that before they go, that they already have some information. So thank you so much, Angelique. I really, really appreciate it. Um, have a wonderful day. Um, yes, but that is basically that for our show today. It was wonderful, um, as always, speaking to you. If you've got specific topics that you want us to cover, please do send us um uh, email on bump and beyond at com, as we are very much open to your suggestions. But next week, I am joined by an old favorite of my guest, um, Galia Folkson, as we're going to be talking about the talk with our pair, uh, with our kids. And I'm going to be, um, yeah, talking how we have to speak sex with our children. So make sure to join me next week for, uh, that guest interview. The world is changed by our example, not by our opinion. We really need to, Start living in a world where we think the best of people and not automatically think the worst of them. So let's lead by example for our children. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, enjoy your day.